all authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Happy 2024! And today's interview is with Dr. Nick Courtright from Atmosphere Press. And we chat what are some of the ways creators can take charge of their creative destiny? How might creatives lower their standards to ignore the haters? And how might they avoid falling into this trap? Nick's advice for creatives to stay on track with their creative destiny throughout the length of their careers. Hybrid publishing with Atmosphere Press, aka the Hybrid Podcast's newest sponsor and much more. So in my author adventure this week, I really haven't stopped. It's been the first week of batching podcast episodes. So I've been enjoying connecting with like-minded folks and learning a whole lot and super excited about the content I'll be able to share with you shortly. I've also just appeared on my very first podcast as a sole guest I have appeared on Sinead Maripodi's Writers of the Page podcast. I think it, that was a Christmas episode, so that must have been at the end of 2022. And I wasn't alone. It was like a podcast party. So there was other guests and things like that, like a panel type thing. So no, this was my very first guest appearance on a podcast. And that would will be coming soon. And that is on what used to be the Reluctant Book Marketing podcast, but it's actually called TRBM. It's been shortened, abbreviated, I guess. And uh, so yeah, I was talking about my nonfiction books and marketing and Jodie J. Sperling is an amazing host, author, creative, and we just really connect and we geek out over uh, marketing and bookish survival and all sorts of fun things. So yeah, I'll share that when that appears. And Jodie also has an upcoming episode with me too. So that and that's something to look out for on book marketing, of course. So podcast appearances is something I will be doing more of this year. And it's always something that, you know, I have wanted to do but this is the year that I'm actually putting myself out there. I am booked for a couple of podcasts in the coming months and I'm also planning on doing a lot more in-person events so like author talks and workshopping and things like that. So I put the feelers out for a space to run my workshop that's linked to my short non-fiction book Freelance Writing Quick Tips for Fast Success and the workshop is called The Four Documents You Need to Set Up Your Freelance Writing Business for Success and it's about learning the four essential documents that freelance writing startups need in place before they've met with their first client and this helps them to make them look professional, provide easy processes to run your business, give fast efficiency for working environments, stop miscommunication, cover you both legally and professionally, get you paid in a quick and seamless manner and set your business up for smooth success. And within the workshops uh, obviously we work through the four documents uh, the templates are given, revealed and the attendees also get a copy of my book so to help them along their way. So stay tuned if you are in the Perth area and you know of someone that 
you, this workshop will be beneficial for. I'm capping it and it's going to be a small intimate audience so probably no more than 10 people and I'm hoping to be able to run these in the second last week in January and there'll be two workshops running out of ECU Mount Lawley campus and Joondalup campus so stay tuned for that. I have also been enjoying my Christmas present to myself which was a subscription to Masterclass. So for those of you who haven't heard of Masterclass it's like a streaming subscription service that you pay an annual fee for and you get access to it's mainly a wide variety of celebrities and things celebrities in the business health and well-being entertainment writing fields and uh yeah I've just absolutely loved the video format of these lessons and how they've been different for everyone and I've so far I've watched like the Martha Stewart one which was just so interesting like her story is so interesting it was like a two-part series and so the first one was taking you through a day in the life of Martha so you could see like what that looks like for someone of her caliber and she says she doesn't really rate sleep and she gets up at like five o'clock and she's got a team of individuals that help her in her day to free her up for like what needs to be done you know the important stuff so she obviously has a hair and makeup person and while she's doing that she's checking her emails or she's you know while that's getting done for her she's actively doing something that's more vital to her she's also got a driver so while she's dry while she's being driven to her like New York office she is in talks with meetings and things that she's got going on and uh yeah so she gets up at five she has her pilates or green juice or cappuccino and like all the right things that you're supposed to do because she's in her 80s and she just looks amazing and she had some really sound advice the other one i watched which i was absolutely so inspired by and i mean these are not writing perfect well martha stewart she was a media mogul and also the but the other one i think it's good to watch these things and i just love uh business and leadership style stuff all that motivational yeah <laughs> really like it and uh, so I watched the one goodness I forget the girl's name but she was the creator of Bumble which is a dating app and she used to work at Tinder and then there was a big thing and apparently she got some real bad backlash from social media and that's how she kicked off Bumble which started off as a different project but ended up being what it is today and it's like a women's first dating app that women lead the way they're the ones that can sort of get in contact with men if they're a match it's not the other way around and her business has just gone I'll say viral because it's yeah it's just absolutely blown up there and her marketing tools that she done was amazing uh, if you can hear me shuffling around now it's because I record these intros outros in my car still I, I still do that and I just had taken some notes from these classes and I thought I'll just read a couple she shared her experiences and she's just open about emotions and honesty and being vulnerable is, is how she connects with people and I think that's really important you know it's something that I do I'm very authentic very honest I cannot be any other way and uh, she says the benefits of being vu- vulnerable I can't even say it is one it elevates the energies of everyone two it makes people feel safe and three it makes people feel connected four it makes people feel committed to the business to the mission and to themselves and uh yeah i mean i absolutely agree with that and especially in the world that we're in you know technology these ai tools coming up where it's like you know robots and we're going to be conversing with them to actually have real human um, real human emotion to connect with is what you should be focusing on showcasing share your trials share your triumphs share 
be honest and share what you're struggling with share what's working what's not not just the good share the bad share it all and if you listen to the last episode that I put out which was lessons learned in 2023 and what's in store for 2024 I was quite raw and open and honest about my current situation and where I'm at now and just you know going forward now it might not be everyone's style or taste to do this and that's absolutely fine baby steps baby steps fake it till you make it there is a certain I get that I do and I know it needs to be implied in certain aspects but it can be really difficult I I find it really difficult to be anyone other than myself actually but it's taken me probably quite a long time to feel as comfortable as I do in my skin and um yeah so anyway masterclass check it out if you haven't if you're not if you haven't heard of it before it's uh yeah it's just where I'm going to be doing a lot of learning this year and also Shonda Rhimes is on there so she wrote Grey's Anatomy and uh I think it was called Ghost and all these really cool television shows that I absolutely love so I'm really liking that I'm going to get to see her videos. I started watching the guy from Starbucks, but he he was so knowledgeable, but he just has so much content and it was just too much. It was blowing me away, <laughs> like how much information he had. And I think that's even to see how people share information as well. It can be a bit of an overload, so... Thorn Creative where beautiful websites for authors are brought to life. No matter what stage you're at with your writing, your stories deserve a dedicated space to shine. Whether you're just starting out or have a bookshelf full of bestsellers, your website is the hub of your author business, binding everything you and your books offer together. Thorn Creative can nurture all aspects of redesigning your old site or start afresh from the initial design. They can provide ongoing hosting and maintenance to marketing your books online, saving you time, money and stress trying to wrangle your site yourself. An author website built by Thorn Creative can easily direct readers to your favourite retailers, your publisher, or simply set you up to sell to them direct. The options are endless. Thorn Creative have worked with many authors across all genres and know what goes into good, functional working author websites to sell books. Head on over to thorncreative.com.au slash websites for authors to read author and publisher testimonials and to see what they offer and some of the sites they've created. Dr. Nick Courtright is founder and executive editor of Atmosphere Press. Recently publishing its 1000th title, Atmosphere Press is a literary hybrid publisher, stewarding a team of 40, providing meaningful and rewarding experiences to writers. Nick is also the author of the poetry collections, The Forgotten World, Let There Be Light and Punchline. His latest book on poetry interpretation is In Perfect Silence at the Stars, Walt Whitman and the Meaning of Poems. Nick's writing's been featured in a plethora of literary magazines, and he was recently named one of LA Weekly's 15 book coaches to watch. Wow! Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Nick! Thanks for having me. Oh, we're absolutely thrilled to have you. You've achieved amazing success in your career so far, but why don't you take us back to the start and tell us, you know, how did you come to join the writing and publishing worlds? 
Yeah, well, thank you. I think I've, you know, muddied along, you know, reasonably well over the years. Sounds you know. like it. <laughs> <laughs> One step in, in Costa Rica, they always say poco a poco, like bit by bit, you know, you just uh, build the house one piece at a time. And then, you know, sometimes you, you have a place to live then. So yeah, back in the beginning, I was just always a writer, even from when I was a little kid, I, I caught the sickness early. Uh, so I remember, you know, even back in, you know, fourth grade in Ohio in the United States, uh, you know, staying in on recess with my little girlfriend writing stories. And I just, you know, was always writing, writing uh, little novels when I was in high school uh, about international intrigue. And then eventually, uh, poetry got me. And I just you know, that was what I wanted to do. And I remember telling my father, like, oh, I'm going to go study poetry. That's what I'm going to, you know, pursue with my education. And he was like, well, couldn't you at least be a novelist? You know, but it's worked out pretty well. And I taught for years creative writing, literature, and, you know, had a good time doing that. And then ultimately, I was a book coach and started working with some authors who needed a publisher. So in 2015, sort of by accident, I started a publishing company uh, called Atmosphere press and poco a poco now here we are you know eight years later and we have this big team and we're you know publishing a lot of really great work and it's uh it's been sort of amazing unexpected and really satisfying journey oh that's absolutely incredible it sounds like you've obviously done so much in different sort of sides of the industry as well and I love that you used to obviously write at school and you said with your little girlfriend I would love to be on a date like that <laughs> Writing little <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it, it's good, but, you know, writers tend to be tragic people. So that, that particular relationship wasn't built to last. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> You've had amazing success. A thousand titles. Wow. That's, that's, I can't even fathom getting my, my head around that. And to have such a big team as well and kind of accidentally falling into it. Although I sort of believe that everyone's lives are mapped out for them. So maybe your path was kind of leading up to this atmosphere press and big team eventually. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, you know, as a kid, I was the oldest of six kids. So I think even from a young age, I was used to sort of taking somewhat of a leadership role. So I think that that's helped me as a business owner, uh, which I never thought I was going to be. I never set out to be an entrepreneur or somebody who had a business. That was never a goal of mine. I just wanted to write poems and talk about literature and short stories and novels with people. Uh, so it was kind of surprising, you know, ultimately becoming a publisher. And it's been really, really great watching the press grow and slowly but surely like building a team. And I think really what's been most significant about atmosphere and you know sort of how it fits into the whole like hybrid idea uh is just that we've been so author friendly from the start like i just knew right from the get-go that i wanted us to sort of stake our claim as a press that was going to support authors that's what we were going to do uh we were going to respect authorial autonomy we were going to try to you know provide for them a really like great experience and take their vision into account and really just you know try to give people the type of warm 
publishing experience that I think a lot of times authors miss out on when they go solely traditional or solely uh, self-publishing. So we can kind of, you know, thread that needle a little bit and give them something, something different. Mm, oh, that's amazing. And it's, it's great that we live in these times that, you know, hybrid is such a, it's such a, a, a great thing that we're able to obviously work with traditional publishing houses, but then we can also work with hybrids and do it ourselves. And it's just a really great time to be an author and a publisher as well. So, it's, and I love that's what one of your values is, or well, Atmosphere Press anyway, supporting authors, being there for them and providing a great experience. That's, that's what we all want, I think, as, as authors <laughs> working with publishing houses. Uh, so today's topic is on taking charge of your destiny as a creator. And it sounds like you've ju- done just that as a, you know, going into leadership and entrepreneur roles. And also with the subtitle, ignore the haters or lower your standards. So we'll come back to that. But first up, what are some of the ways creators can take charge of their own destiny? Because a lot of us feel, I think, as authors, you know, we can be sort of stuck in our own minds and our own heads with our own work and feeling that we need to rely on on others to be in charge of our destiny. But as as I was saying before, in this day and age, we've got the tools to be able to do it ourselves. So yeah, what are some of the ways that we could do that? Yeah, I think I think it's really easy to become discouraged as a writer. And I know as a writer myself, you know, there have been points in which you know, I I wanted approval. Like, I think that's what one thing that authors often want more than anything is just somebody to be like, it's okay. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) you've made something. It was fine for you to take these literary experiments or to use your time in this fashion. And we all kind of are yearning for love to some extent, I think. Uh, But I think to sort of take charge, you know, of your writerly destiny is to sort of stop, you know, feeling like you need a gatekeeper, right? You don't Mm. necessarily need the approval of somebody else. It's great to have a team to work with. There's no question about that. But you really can go it alone if you want to go it alone, or you can find a team if you want to find a team. But I think a big part of it is just being decisive and charting your own path. If you want to pursue traditional publishing, then do that. If you want to self-published, then do that. If you want to work with a hybrid publisher, then, you know, chase that down, like write to atmosphere or a different hybrid place. Either way, I think the big opportunity that all writers have in the world today is just to make choices for themselves. You don't just need to sit around and collect rejection letters or not have agents return your calls or anything like that. We have sort of a really like golden opportunity in the 21st century to be in control of our destiny and to, you know, make it work for ourselves and find satisfaction with writing and with creating because it it is a really rewarding thing that you can do. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with pretty much everything you said there. And I can say myself, going down the traditional path for children's fiction, and and it's a goal of mine, so it's definitely what I I want to achieve. But I think in some level, I'm looking and seeking for approval. And I have been sort of from the start, but I also do take charge on the the nonfiction side, which was books that I wasn't ever going to uh, they just sort of came about from pursuing career. Would you would you say people going after their own creative destiny, if they're looking for approval and told you, you know, you're you're good enough, your work is good, 
do you think that all needs to come back to mindset and that how how could they go about getting a bit of self-belief that their their work is good and they actually could do this going it alone? Yeah, well, I think I think the thing is one thing that I always come back to, and this is something that even when I was a creative writing professor that I always would try to instill in my students is that everybody's just got to be the writer that they are, right? You're not going to make everybody happy right? There's no way. So if you're out there like looking for approval, you might just be looking in the wrong places. Because what I've found again and again and again is that it really doesn't matter what you're writing. You're going to have your readers. You're going to have people who are sort of, in a sense, buying what you're selling, even if you're giving it away, right? Mm. So there's always out there the opportunity to find approval. I think the thing that's important is to sort of stop looking for it, right? They always say like people will find their love when they give up on it, right? When they stop wanting it so bad, when that sort of the stink of desperation sort of washes off, that's when the magic happens. And I think it's kind of the same way as a writer, when you just forge ahead and you make yourself your audience, then you'll realize that you're not alone because whatever appeals to you as a reader when you're writing is also going to appeal to somebody else when they're reading. So if you just forge ahead, like, you know, darn the torpedoes, I'm going to do it. Then all of a sudden you're going to end up having uh, a piece of work that you can build with. And then sure enough, the readers will come out of the woodwork. Yeah, not too true. And also, like you said, if you end up going down a path where you're seeking the approval and you meet you know, you succeed in that path, you're always going to, in this line of work, you're always going to have people forming an opinion on you, judging you. That's just the business we're in. So like you said, you can't, everyone's not going to love your work. There'll be some people who who don't, everyone's entitled to an opinion. So yeah, forging ahead for yourself and believing in yourself is is definitely where, where I'm at at this point in my author adventures, we like to say, over journey. Uh, So as well as obviously taking charge of your creative destiny, how might creatives lower their standards to ignore the haters? What do you kind of mean by that? And how might we avoid falling into this trap? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I always, I really love this idea because people always say it's like when you're, you know, people are like, keep your standards high, keep your standards high. But I always think that when it comes to generating content, you know, when it comes to really like manifesting who you are as a writer and like not worrying about other people, like ignoring the haters, right? I uh, really kind of what you need to do is not raise your standards. You need to lower them. And that sounds counterintuitive, but it's actually kind of beautiful if you think about it, because if you stop beating yourself up, and trying to uphold some sort of crazy high standard, you're going to be able to write so much more freely, so much more generously. You're going to be able to crank out way more content. You're going to be able to get rid of the anxiety that you have, the fear that you have, the thought that you're not good enough. If you keep your standards nice and low when you're writing, next thing you know, you will have written a lot. And the more that you create, the more likely you are that you're going to find a gem, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, it's, it's it's really quite simple. It's like, if you only, if you write a hundred pages, you know, you only have a hundred pages of material to find good stuff in. If you write 300 pages, you have three times as much material to find good content in. 
So anything that's going to facilitate generating more content and being able to just, you know, fulfill yourself as a writer by, you know, getting other people out of your mind. And by other people, I also mean getting yourself and that sort of the hater within you out of your mind. Because oftentimes, you know, people as a writer themselves, like they are their own biggest critic and their own worst enemy. By getting those folks out of the way, that's when you're really going to be able to practice and like hone technique and create content and really like, you know, make a manuscript happen. Mm, no, well said there, because it's it's like a roadblock, isn't it? If you've got this really big standard and you're just really laying into yourself because each sentence is not the best or it's not, you know, this and that. I used to, oh, what did I used to do? I've, I've pulled myself up on it now, so I don't do it anymore because it just slowed down my process so much. I would kind of reread over my work. So each sentence I was writing, then I would go back to the start of the paragraph and reread. So it all flowed, flo- I can't even say that word, flowed together, but it took ages. <laughs> It took so long. Rather than now, I stop myself from doing that and just sort of plow ahead. And then I know that I can go back and perfect it to flow and stuff. The point is just keep going, just keep writing more because it's, yeah, it's taken me a hell of a long time to get to even where I am. And I still feel like I'm at the beginning (laughs) of uh, the author adventure. So no, absolutely good advice there for sure. Um, Yeah. And and I, I really love that 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 thought it's like just sort of getting out of your own way it's like anytime a writer's like oh i wrote a sentence and then i went back and read the <laughs> sentence i wrote i was like don't read it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you can read it later I, I always think that it's like the writer and the editor are two different people and they never should be in the room together. It's definitely, right? yeah, it's definitely a lot. And I used to, and then the next session would come to sit down and do the writing and I'd go back to reread where I was at and then you'd spend time, it almost felt like editing that part again and not kind of moving forward. So yeah, it's been a, a bit of a tweak for sure <laughs> with the process mm-hmm. there. But I like what you said as well about yourself being a hater I haven't ever kind of put it heard it being put that way and I think I've definitely been guilty of that for myself and um yeah no really really good advice about sort of getting out your own way and lowering the standards sounds sounds hard but this women's fiction book that I've been working on for pretty much the most part of this year, but I've had a big um, upheaval in my my life, lots of personal stuff going on. This work, I've, I've completely sort of changed my process and I've just been plowing on with the story and it's the longest work I've ever written. So it's t- it's taken me longer, but I'm, I'm loving where it's at. But I think in the past, as I said, I've just sort of slaved over the writing, making it to be this perfect whatever, and then and kind of really focusing on the words rather so much than the the story, which I've kind of flipped on its head because I know that I can always the to me the the editing part is the the words going back and perfecting the words that way, and the writing part is more the the storytelling. Yeah, definitely, and just being able to sort of get out of your own way right mm. i think is is really important because it is it's you know as a writer i mean and i feel like with atmosphere press like every author who works with us we do uh, multiple editorial meetings with them and i feel like the whole journey through editorial through proofreading interior design through cover design and publication and promotion and the whole thing there is an element of therapy <laughs> right oh, <yeah>. to the <laughs> <laughs> the whole endeavor because it is intimate it is 
scary and it can be nerve wracking and sort of like helping people sometimes come to grips with the writer that they are, I think is a, a big part of what we do. And I think that that's where we differ from some other publishers because some other publishers, I think sometimes will, you know, want authors to be the type of author that the publisher wants. Mm -hmm. And I always knew from the very start that I wanted us to be the type of publisher that was going to allow authors to be the type of author that the author wanted and to help them sort of maximize their potential within their own vision. And I think that that's, you know, a, a complicated thing to do, but I think a big part of it is just, yeah, getting, getting the haters out of there. And that means also, you know, quieting the demons in one's own head. Mm, absolutely. Writing is really personal. And as you said before, lowering your standards, not to be perfection, but just getting the content out there, writing as much as you can to find all the hidden gems more so than less. You're going to find your voice, I think, the more that you write content. And then the, the voice that you have and the things that you've got to say in your message is going to connect with readers out there. And they're the ones that are going to be your fans over, say, the haters. Obviously, yourself, getting yourself as an author out of the way as a hater is good for creative process and, and things like that. What about hate? say on the outside of an author uh whether that be critique people or people that they're sharing their work with that are telling them certain things or even a publishing company in the past I've had my work as I said I strive to get my children's and young adult fiction novels published traditionally and I have had my work critiqued but critiqued by publishers in the past and I remember I, I went to a retreat once and I had this work it was a middle grade book or something critiqued by one publisher and she had suggestions and I was kind of at the beginning of my uh, author career. And, and so I, I took on board what she said and I changed that. I think my set, my setting was actually in Iowa because it was to do with cornfields and things like that. And they sort of said, well, what's your connection with Iowa? And I was like, well, I don't really have one, just that this is the story that's presenting to me. And that's <laughs> where I feel it's coming from. They said, well, why don't you, have you ever thought about it changing it to be Australian? Because that's where we are. And, you know, I actually spent a lot of that year rewriting it to be Australian and it just didn't work. And then I went back on this retreat because it was like a yearly children's uh, through Squibby thing. And I had it critiqued by a different publisher and she said something different. And I was like, oh, hang on. And the penny kind of dropped. I thought, well, you're going to say this because you would publish it this way. You're going to say this because you would publish it this way. So I like the fact that you're saying with Atmosphere Press, you guys support the author on their vision and how they want it to be. Because I think that that's as writers, that's what we do. We, we put the work out, how we see it and how we want it to be. And then I guess you've got to find that person that agrees with you or else you're going to keep changing it to suit everyone. Yeah, exactly. And I would always say, you know, it's like you don't need to make everyone happy. You just need to find your person or find your people, right? Because like in like a, a critique group, for example, you know, you might have, you know, 10 people in there or in a writing workshop uh, or in a, a writing program or any sort of situation or a class, you know, you might have people in there who just don't like your work. So that's okay. 
ignore them. They're not your people. <laughs> That's all right. You know, I would always say that the goal of any workshop is to find the one or two people in there who get what you're trying to do. Those are the people you listen to. Anybody else, they're like, oh, I think you should change this little bit here. I think you change this. If they're not understanding your vision, if they're not on the same wavelength, don't listen to them. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I think like that's that can be tricky and that can be hard because it's always there's always that pull. Like everybody, like I said right at the beginning, like everybody wants to be loved, yeah. right? So it's like there are always going to be those little things that nag at you. You can have, you know, a famous writer, for example, they might have a thousand fans like lined up at their reading, but they get one person who's like, I think your writing is, you know, basic and uninteresting and you're like not impressive. And that's going to be the person that sticks in their head and that ruins their night. Mm -hmm, right. Because that's just how we are as people, you know, but they have a thousand fans sitting there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> so pay attention to them. Those are the ones you want to listen to, not the haters. Yeah, and I think it's it's hard for sort of aspiring and emerging authors uh, who are part of critique groups or writing groups or things like that, and they maybe not had a lot of experience, so they're probably more the ones that will fall in the trap of taking on that feedback from other people and and maybe not having that self belief. Uh, you know installed in them at this point but so we have discussed obviously taking charge of your creative destiny and getting out of your own way as a as a hater and an author what about creatives so they've decided this is the business for them um they're obviously they know what they want to write they've found a, a publisher whether it be atmosphere press or or whoever how do you do you have any advice for creatives to stay on track with their creative destiny through the length of their careers like so because obviously with life commitments and other things that can arise and again you can even though you've published say a couple of books and you might be starting to tune into the haters like reading reviews if you're if it's not you know you're getting some not nice reviews or something like that and you get sidetracked or start self-doubting yourself or something like that do you have any advice for people to just stick with your goals stay on track um does atmosphere press sort of nurture their authors after each book to continue publishing or do you wait to the author's yeah. so yeah, loaded, loaded question there <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> yeah if i was like no we we want to get rid of them no uh, <laughs> we we really we really 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 try to nurture people along you know because we view like the author publisher relationship ideally as a lifelong relationship you know it's an intimate partnership we're working with you on your art you know, that is a special relationship and we want it to really be satisfying for you. We want you to love us. We want to love you. We want it to be something where we're going to work with you a bunch. And we've got a bunch of authors that we we're working with them now on like third, fourth, even fifth and sixth books, you know, so it's definitely, you know, something that we try to nurture. I'd say that like across the board, I'm not somebody who's like, you need to wake up and like write a thousand pages like every single day before your cup of coffee or, you know, <laughs> I, I've never been a real, you know, like super hardcore, like you have to write whether you want to or not. I understand that over the course of people's careers, like it can come and go right? Like you might have, you know, you write a couple books and then you're like, you know what? I need to take a break. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fault anybody if they need to step away for a minute, take a little bit of time off, 
But the thing is, go back to it. Always go back because you did it because you loved it. Like that was why you wrote. It's fun, right? It's like, it's like sometimes like writing a book is like eating vegetables, right? You're like, oh, I got to sort of slog through it. Oh, I got to make myself like go back to that chapter I left off at, you know? But the thing is, is that once you get rolling, it is really satisfying. It feels good. You know, you feel fulfilled from having created something. It, it is a really, really super rewarding thing to do. So I always just say, it's like, if you need to step away for a little while, that's fine. But don't forget that you like this. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's it. <laughs> yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. When it comes together and it works, it's it, there's no sort of better feeling. And I think like when it's hard, it gets it, it out. It's not incredib- incredibly easy sometimes to, it, it, all the processes that, make it up like for me in the beginning I think I I just had to learn how to be even disciplined to finish a long form work which discipline for me was was something I didn't really have so that was a skill that kind of had to be honed and I think each work has taught me something whether it not so much has to be that the story was working or something even just each sort of attribute that makes up an author like a novelist to be able to sit down finish a full-length work like there's all different kind of elements that come to it but I like uh yeah don't forget that you you enjoy this it's it's meant to be fun (laughs) as well as you know a career or rewarding because I think some people if you've never worked in a career like that you're passionate about or that you love you almost feel guilty for thinking that every day could be joyous or or whatnot isn't work supposed to be a hard slog and everyone hates their job so (laughs) you know yeah, yeah. And I think I think it I think it's good. Some days you're really gonna feel it, other days you're not. <laughs> and that's just kind of like how it is with practically everything in life. Life, you yeah. know, but you know, the, there is something like beautiful about the act of creation. And I always think it's like if you're like, hey, I need to take a minute off of you know, writing my book, okay, that's fine. Go for a hike in the woods. Right. Like, you know, go paint, go write a song, go do something creative because doing something like creative and fulfilling fulfilling is going to be, you know, really like valuable for your life. And it's going to give you good content so that when you do feel the muse, you know, strike again, you're going to have some good fodder for the page. Mm, Absolutely. And so with yourself as an author, are you more... Are you more the publisher these days? Are you still pumping out the poetry and, and things like that? I still I still write, you know, it, it's different. I don't feel, you know, like I like I have to write, you know, mm. I just do it because I enjoy it. Like I'm not necessarily worried. Like I do have that book of about poetry interpretation that's coming out uh like now. Um <laughs> so that one was actually from my uh, doctoral dissertation. And uh, so it's like 300 pages about interpreting poetry. Mm, it's cool. pretty intense. Yeah, <laughs> um, I bet. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but in terms of writing, you know, like I, I still do it. I, but I do it because I love it. You yeah. know, I, I don't. I don't do it because I'm, you know, trying to, you know, be a billionaire or <laughs> trying to be some big bestseller or something like that. It's just, you know, for the love of the game. Um, but on the publishing side of things, yeah, that's that's my my daily life. You know, not, like literally not a single day goes by that I'm not, you know, working on Atmosphere Press, trying to make that a better process, trying to make 
our contracts and the deals that we give to authors like better and better and better and to offer more and more and more um and just really like make ourselves as dynamic a publisher as there is out there yeah so what do you see in the next few years for atmosphere press um growing in size taking more authors are you going to be branching out into different areas i think you know i think we were a pretty good size we take on 20 books a month and that's that's good. I mean, I think we could take a little bit more than that, but we're really dedicated to having uh, a good process and being able to retain that intimacy with authors, you know? So we have published a decent number of Australian-based, Australia-based authors. We'd love to work with more Australia-based mm. authors. So like consider that. That's definitely something we'd be looking for because we publish a lot of like UK and US-based uh, authors. And we've published people from about, you know, probably close to 30 countries at this point. But That's awesome. um, yeah, more in Australia would be good because we've got print locations there. So it's, you know, we're we're well set up for it. So I definitely see that as something that we'll, we'll want to grow. And really, I think just providing more value. Like we used to like not do interviews with our authors on our website, you know, like as part of our like, oh, we're going to publish an interview with you too that you can share and use for promotional materials. Now, every single author who we work with, we do an interview with them. Um, we do all sorts of like book giveaways and like blurb programs and we do author websites and audiobooks and all this other stuff. And it's all just with this idea of trying to just increase value and just give them more and more and more so that they're you know, really satisfied and that then they come keep working with us. Yeah, no, that's great. And do you have like a vetting process or do you, does it, can anyone use your service or does it have to be, you know, do you work like we, a traditional publishing publishing house in that sense that people submit to you or is it? We we do have a, a submission process. So I, at atmosphere you'll see on there, you can, you know, submit a manuscript, but unlike a traditional place, we're going to respond to you quickly. We always respond to people within a couple weeks. Uh, so that's definitely uh, a, a big difference there. Uh, we do have selection standards. We don't just like take anything because we're not, you know, hard hardcore self-publishing. Yeah. Um, so we do, uh, you know, have to make sure that it's, I mean, it's going to like represent the press well. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously, you know, we're able to, you know, take more work on, we're able to take more risks because of, you know, how we work and also just because of our dedication to diverse author visions. So yeah, that's definitely something you can do. And on our website, we, we have, uh, you know, book giveaways on there. And we actually have one cool thing that your listeners might like to check just because it runs the full spectrum of self-publishing to traditional publishing to everywhere in between is we have a, a publishing potential quiz on there where it's 10 questions and you just answer these questions and then we'll give you a very specific uh, advice and insight and tips and like posts to read uh, based specifically on your answers uh, and whether that leads you to working with a place like Atmosphere or leads you towards traditional publishing or self-publishing or doing a little bit of all, that's totally fine because our mission is always just help authors regardless of what their ultimate publishing destiny is because 
you know, like we said, we want them to sort of take charge of their destiny, whatever that may be. Mm, well, that's amazing, Nick. And, and that's really great that you're, you guys have, have formed and you're all for the author and are doing such a good job to, to help everyone in the community. And uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and expertise. You've obviously shared a link for the Atmosphere Press there. Is there any other links that you want to share so our listeners can discover, you know, yourself, Atmosphere Press or books and your authors on and offline? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, atmosphereofpress.com, that gets the job done. There's also my website, nickcourtright.com. If you're interested in, you know, uh, linking up with me, feel free to find me or Atmosphere on all of the, you know, popular platforms that people mm -hmm. find people on today. Uh, and uh, if you're ever in uh, Austin, Texas of the United States, you know, feel free to give me a buzz. It's a long way from Australia. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same if you're ever out on Perth, that, that would be great. But yeah, no, thanks, Nick. That was fantastic. Thank you. So there you have it, folks, Atmosphere Press. And uh, as I said, I once we had this mean, uh, I had had this interview with Nick, I reached out to him afterwards to see if they would like to become a sponsor of the Hybrid Author Podcast, because I have wanted to have a hybrid publisher on here for a while. But obviously, I'm not just going to recommend anybody, just anyone. And I really like what Atmosphere Press stand for. Nick, in his own right, is an author first and is quite well respected in the literary scene. I like what they stand for that that they are they're author friendly and they put them first and their their principles are honesty, transparency, professionalism, kindness and making your book awesome. And I think that's pretty cool. They've also, you know, as I just said in the interview, published uh, pretty much uh, just about a thousand books. Uh, their authors have won dozens of awards. They're just a great bunch. So as I said, they are looking to work with more Australian authors. So drop them a line at atmosphereofpress.com and mention the Hybrid Author Podcast and you will get a uh, special treatment I think now that we're collaborating together <laughs> next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast we have a multi-award winning author of speculative and contemporary fiction Zena Shatter on earning money with emotion and authorship I wish you well in your author adventure this next week that's it for me bye for now that's the end for now authors I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening and I hope you'll listen next time remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.